Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Phil, you're going to come and speak to us and we're going to hear from God. That is true, Phil. So, Phil says, better than hearing from him, and uh, we do want to hear from God today, um, but we trust that as you've prepared, Phil, that God has spoken to you, and that as you speak, we would hear what God has got to say to us. So, I pray that upon you now. Thank you. Okay, so the problem with it, we've got a new mic, and we're still getting used to using it, and I haven't learned yet, so um, we'll get that one foot sorted. So again, sorry about that, just start again. This morning, uh, we were praying in the room uh, at the end of the corridor, and one of the things that uh, Pam encouraged me not to do was put my hands in my pockets. So this morning, I've got a handheld mic, which will help me not to have my hands in my pockets, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to share with you um, as God has given me. So this morning, the thing that I felt God has put on my heart, I've been living with for a few weeks now, I've been studying Peter and the life of Peter, and looking at his uh, books, uh, these letters he wrote in the New Testament. And for me, that has been a real blessing. God spoke to me very clearly through that. And this particular word I've entitled, Failure Redeemed in Jesus. And I'm aware that um, all of us live with a measure of failure somewhere in our lives. And you think of a big sporting event... You think something like the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games, something like that, there's hundreds of competitors and they all travel up, they train hard, they work hard, they do everything they need to do because they're going for a prize. They want to win a medal, whether it be uh, gold, silver, bronze, they're out to win a medal, but probably 90% of them are going to go away disappointed. 90% of them are going to fail in some way because there's always somebody better than them. There's always somebody that's going to beat them. There's always somebody that's maybe trained harder or just a better athlete than they are, and they'll come away disappointed and they'll have failed. And that's true for life generally. generally. So in the Bible, we have stories of others who have failed. We're going to look at Peter, but uh, there's others in there like Moses. He was a meek man, yet he lost his temper, and he killed an Egyptian, And he struck a rock in his temper. Abraham was called the father of our faith. And yet he lied twice about his wife Sarah. About her being his wife. David was a man called after God's own heart. And yet he committed adultery and murder. And we can be added to that list. These things we've done. These things we've said. These things we've lived through. Actually we... In some measure, a way or other, we have failed. It may be that we've failed in business. Maybe it's failed in a relationship. Maybe it's failed in ministry. Maybe it's failed uh, with our spouse, as a parent, as a leader. Maybe we've failed with our finances. There's many ways any of us could have failed in some way. Maybe it seemed more, we don't see it as failed, but actually it could be simply we didn't get that job we wanted. We applied for and we thought we were the right person for the job. And we went for it. And yet we didn't get picked and we come away feeling a failure. And carrying that upon us. And failure sticks. And I was, gonna, I was looking for a, you know the bats you get and you get a ball and you bat at 
uh, the ball that's uh, kind of about you held on your hand and it sticks to it. And failure's like that. It just sticks. When we get failure, it sticks to us. And I grew up with dyslexia. And academically, I wasn't great. I didn't achieve much. In fact, I didn't achieve anything at school, to be honest. I left school with very little in terms of qualifications. And I carried that sense of, I'm a failure because I'm not clever. I'm not good. I can't do this. I can't do that. And actually, I didn't think I was very good at anything at all. And I carried that sense of failure with me. It somehow tainted me. It tainted my thinking. Everything I did, I, I come, I, I'm quite a negative person. And Sally, my wife, reminds me very often that I'm quite negative. And, uh, and I am sometimes because I've kind of grown up with that, thinking that I am a failure, that I'm no good, I can't do, and things are difficult and hard. And it taints us and it sticks to us. And we can carry that very much through our lives. Some, and just as we were worshipping this morning, and just that song that I was talking about, no sickness, God could heal sickness, I, I just felt in that moment, there was somebody, and you're carrying sickness, but you think you deserve it because you failed. You think it's what you deserve because you failed at something. And actually, it's almost like it's your punishment for your failure. And I just feel like God wants to destroy that lie right now. God wants to destroy the lie that says, sickness has come on you because you failed at this. It's a lie of the enemy. And I just want to clear that up. And so I just pray for that right now. So God, I pray for, now you just break down that lie. Lord, I pray you'll tear it down right now in Jesus' name. That anybody who's living with sickness and they believe it's because of consequence of some failure somewhere, some sin, somewhere they failed, I pray you'll break its power and its hold right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Be great to hear from you if that's you. So it's helpful to get some feedback when you get something like that. Um, but all our failure can be redeemed in Jesus, whatever it might be. So let's just look at Peter, shall we? <clears throat> Peter's part of this list. And he had courage to get out of a boat and walk on water. And yet, he also pulled out a sword and chopped off an ear of one of the guards that came to arrest Jesus. And he did those things. And then we read that uh, before Jesus was taken and arrested, he said to Peter, before, you, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. And we're going to look at that, just those few passages. And that's so after Jesus had been rested. And Peter followed Jesus at a distance. And he ended up warming himself by a fire in the courtyard of the high priest. It's just there. So we're going to read uh, John 18, verse 15 to 17. It'll come up on the screen all being well. In fact, it has. Amazing. Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did another of the disciples. That other disciple was acquainted with the high priest. So he was followed. So he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had stayed outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching the gate and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, You're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I'm not. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, they asked him again, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, no, I'm not. 
But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it. And immediately, a rooster crowed. At that point, Peter had realized that actually he had denied Jesus three times, just as Jesus said he would. At that point, massive failure. He'd followed Jesus. He'd promised him, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll follow you to the cross. I'll do it, Jesus. And yet, when the test came, when the time came, he denied Jesus three times. Massive failure. But you see, Jesus doesn't look at things and look at failure and success in the same way we do. Because Jesus already knew what was going to happen to Peter. He already knew how he was going to die, but he also knew what the consequence of that would be. And it wouldn't be failure, actually it was success. And how we judge success and how we judge failure, we've got to see it through God's eyes and not our own eyes. God uses our circumstances for our good. Just being reminded to look at the camera. I stood back here so I didn't have to kind of do that. Because I don't like doing that. I'll go further back. Might help me. <laughs> I really don't like to look up. It's easier to preach to a room than it is to a camera. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, Neil's going to stand right under it and his head just about touches it. So I just preached to Neil there. I think at this point, Peter realized he hadn't got a strength of faith that he thought he once had. He'd walked with Jesus, he'd seen the miracles, he'd lived the life with Jesus, and yet at this point, kind of suddenly realized, and then it says he went out and he wept bitterly. He was sorrowful, he was remorseful. Now that was a different remorse to that of Judas who had betrayed Jesus. He went out and hung himself. He, he didn't have that same love and affection for Jesus. He didn't have that same relationship with Jesus that Peter had. And in that moment, Peter just knew And when you know it, and you know you've failed, and you know you've done wrong, and you know you've missed it, in some way you just want to hide yourself away. And even when we sin, you see the thing about us, when we become Christians, sin isn't fun anymore. Before we were Christians, it was fun, we could get on with it, because nothing actually told us it was wrong. So it was just fun, but now we're Christians, now we know the truth. Now we've been accepted by Jesus and we're part of his family. When we sin, it's not fun anymore. Because we just feel guilt and shame when we fall and when we fail. And Peter just knew that and he carried that guilt and that shame. And he realized he's failed in a significant way. Peter had already discovered God's love and amazing forgiveness. But his his success wasn't dependent upon his failure, but it was dependent on that love and that forgiveness. Peter discovered that he loved him in spite of failure. Jesus loves you in spite of your failures. Whatever your failure may be, wherever you feel you've, you've lost it, you've messed up, you've missed out, whatever you're carrying from your past or even your present, Actually, God knows, and God has made provision. God has already made a way. And I just love the way Jesus handles this. So after Jesus' resurrection, and they meet the disciples again, 
and uh, he's kind of there, and Peter's keeping a low profile. And we're good at keeping a low profile, aren't we? When we feel we failed with God, we like to keep a low profile. So we're not reading the Word, and we're not praying. And we're not, sometimes we keep ourselves away from other Christians, just in case God tells them about what we've done. And it comes into the light. And actually, that's the right, right way to do it. Is it says, the Bible says, confess your sin to one another, that you might be healed. And that healing is healing of that sense of failure, that shame and that guilt, and the forgiveness of our sin. And so actually, it's the, the thing we want to do is actually that we should do the opposite of. And where we want to hide away and keep that low profile, actually, we need to get before God. And we need to confess. And so Jesus pursues Peter. And so we have this amazing story in, in a few chapters later in John 21, where Jesus gathers the disciples and he catches some fish and he cooks them breakfast. That must be a great breakfast to have. Who would not want to have breakfast with Jesus? Be the best breakfast you've ever had. And so he cooks some breakfast. And after breakfast, Jesus said this Ask Peter, 21 verse 15. Son of John, do you love me more than these? Looking at the other disciples. Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. And not once did Jesus bring up his failure. Not once did he mention it. Not once did he pull him and say, hang on, Peter. Let's just have a chat. I want to talk to you about those three times you denied me. I told you you would. Why did you, not, why did you still do it, even though you knew you were going to do it? Why did you not choose a different option? Did you not say, actually, yeah, I am with Jesus? He didn't pick him up once. And actually, we're good at pulling others up, aren't we? We can pull one another up over our failures, over things, and others will pull us up. Our family members, maybe. Our work colleagues pull us up. Maybe we've done something at work, and our boss pulls us in, and we're on the carpet, terrified. I've been there. Not that I did anything wrong, I have to say. Um, but I have been on the carpet, and it's not very comfortable. And uh, for something I didn't do, rather than what I did do. Um, but it's not very comfortable, and we feel it, don't we? And, but Jesus is none of that. Jesus simply comes with love and grace and forgiveness. And he doesn't bring up our sin. He brings love, and he brings forgiveness. And that's the kind of God he is. So in Jesus, and only in Jesus, is all our past failings, are met and forgiven and healed and restored. And as we look at Christmas, and we look, and I've been reading the Christmas story, I've been going through again the just the lead up to Jesus coming. And you look at Mary and you look at Joseph, and Mary's pregnant and she's not married, and you think it looks like failure. It looks like moral failure. And you imagine what others would have gone through as they look on what they're thinking. What they're feeling about. Imagine Joseph who gets told his wife's pregnant and it's not by him. What's he going to do with that? 
it looks like failure, but actually it's success because it's in the plan of God. And God already knew. Jesus already knew what Peter's response would be, actually. He already knew the heart of Peter. He already knew what was in his heart. He knew his desire for God. He knew his desire, actually, to serve God and to follow him. And yet, he still made mistakes, as do we. We make mistakes. We make wrong choices. We Sometimes we do just fail. And I just want to say, and I, I feel this somebody, and while I was praying about this this morning, um, and it may just be relevant to one person, but I felt it because I know the story, so this is not a prophetic insight. Um, but just for you, Neil, I just felt you've been accused of failing. And you had to put up with that. And actually, I, just, I believe God says, I know the truth. And actually, I will vindicate you. And I think there's others that you've been accused of a failure. You've been accused of doing something that you didn't do, actually. That you failed at something, how you did something, what you did. And actually, I just feel like God's saying, trust me, I will vindicate you. I'm the one who vindicates. And I know that in my own life. I know God has vindicated me on a number of occasions. When I've been accused, some years ago, I was accused of something. And it wasn't true. And I... I got before God and it was a church situation and I got on my knees before God and I cried out to God. I was at the side of my bed and I just bawled my eyes out and I said, God, I didn't sign up for this. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm not doing church leadership anymore. I'm never preaching again. I'm never leading again. I'm never doing anything ever again. And in that moment, God met me and he said, I'll vindicate you. And only two days later, God vindicated me. Totally. Because that's the kind of God he is. I felt like a failure. I've been accused of failure. I felt a failure. I carried failure. But actually God vindicated. And that's the kind of God he is. So we can either lean into our failure or we can lean into Jesus. Where would you rather go? Who would you rather go to? I want to encourage you to be those that lean into Jesus. And to follow him. Romans 8 verse 1 and 2 says this. and Come up on the screen. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Failure leads to death. Jesus came, it says. The purpose Jesus came, the reason he came... The reason he came as a baby was to live like us, to grow up like us, to experience life like us. But also the main reason he came was to destroy the works of the evil one. And the evil one is the accuser. And he will accuse us and he will tell us and he will lie in our ears and it will ring out around our heads. Actually, you are a failure. You have failed. You have not done the will of God. You've not lived right for God. You've not done this. You've not done that. You've not done that. He's the liar. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. And that's why he came. And that's why Paul could write, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Belong to him. And if you don't belong to him, I want to encourage you. There's an invitation to come and belong to Jesus. To be free from any guilt or shame over failure. And be free from the power of the failure you may have experienced in your life. So what does redeemed mean? Well, the dictionary says... To compensate for the faults 
or bad aspects of something, of our behaviour or our circumstance, or to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. I love that one because Jesus came to pay the price for our failure. And he's paid it upon the cross when he died for us. Jesus has accomplished this for us. And he keeps no record of wrong. He didn't keep it with Peter. He won't keep it with us. And we see transformation in Peter in Acts when he stands up and he preaches the gospel. Just amazing transformation of a man who actually what seemed like failure turned for success. Because it was in God's hands and not man's. It's just amazing. I just want to read you these words of song. I love this song. You'll know it, some of you. It's a song called So Will I by Hillsongs. And verse 3 reads like this. God of salvation, you chase down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On a hill you created the light of the world, abandoning darkness to die. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Where you lost your life so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've done. Every part designed in a work of act called love. If you gladly chose surrender, so will I. I see your heart a billion different ways. Every precious one, a child you died to save. Just incredible words. I mean, the words of that whole song are just incredible words. I'm sure it's actually written by a human, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say today, there's an opportunity for a hundred billion failures to disappear as God speaks. And out of everything I've said this morning, my time's gone. And out of everything I've said this morning, I want to say, let God speak. Out of my words, let God speak. Put aside anything, all the other stuff, but actually let God speak into your heart. Let God speak into your life. God is looking for people who know how to follow him and actually how to deal with our failure and trust God. And I want to pray for you. I feel there's an opportunity this morning. One of the uh, prophetic words in our prayer meeting this morning was that as I stand, I was to have my hands out because there was a, the river of God would flow and would reach out to you. And I want to say, if you can't put your hand up to failure, then you're perfect. And there's only one who's perfect, and that's Jesus. I put my hand up. I know I failed many times. And I know there's times when the enemy comes and reminds me of my failure. But it's just a lie, because it's been redeemed in Jesus. And I just want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning that actually every failure, no matter what it is, no matter what it's over, no matter where you feel you failed, I want to pray for you that God would come and you'll know the redemption that he brings to free you from it. So let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you are the God who came to redeem us. You came to bring us back to you. And the work of Satan that has destroyed our lives, the things that we've done because we're a fallen race who only knew 
how to sin. We were, our natural self was to sin. But actually, thank you, God, that you came and you died for us and you rose again. That actually we could have that same life living in us. That actually, even when we fail, Lord, I thank you, God, that where is our failures, you can use them for our success. And God, I pray for that now, God, that you will come. And for people who are carrying failure, carrying a sense of failure, God, I want to pray they'll now know the redemption of Jesus. To free them from that sense of failure. Where they've been accused. Where the, the enemy would come and lie to them. Or where they just know they may have had a part in something that did go wrong. And uh, they had a part to play in it. Yet it doesn't write them off from your love. It doesn't write them off from your forgiveness. And so Father God I pray right now. Would you come and would you meet them. And would you free them from shame and guilt. And I pray God that you will apply your forgiveness. Because it is your redemptive work. <laughs> And we thank you, Jesus, for that. And Lord, right now I pray, come Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you wherever you are now in your rooms, just to, if you know that's you, if you know you've just been carrying something, I want to just ask you, and this is a big thing, because you're going to have to do it maybe in front of family members. I want to ask you to stand. (laughs) This is a big thing. But I want to ask you to stand, because I feel like God wants to meet with you. And there's a recognition, there's an owning And rather than hiding ourselves away like Peter did, trying to be inconspicuous in the crowd, if we just acknowledge it before God and to stand even where you are. If you're in bed watching this, you need to get out of bed and stand. I want to encourage you. Let's just do that because God wants to meet with you this morning. God wants to free you from carrying the shame of failure. He wants to free you from it. And he wants you to be free. Thank you, Jesus. Come on now, Holy Spirit. I pray for everyone who's chosen to stand right now. God, I pray now you'll free them. God, I pray for your freedom to come in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now, God, just wipe it clean. Wipe it away right now by the blood of Jesus. Let it come and wash it clean away. Lord, I pray for every lie saying that you will bring it down to nothing in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to pray for freedom. Lord, to live in the success of the cross and not in the shame of their failure. So come Holy Spirit, I pray. Thank you for the cross that speaks victory over us. We thank you for it. Let it come and speak victory over failure right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray. Father, I pray. And I pray you'll give them eyes to see what you see and the way you see it, rather than looking at the circumstance in their own eyes. Now, I feel that very specifically for some people. You've been carrying something for years, and you're still seeing it through your own eyes. And I just believe God says, I want to show you from my perspective. I'm using it for good in your life. Everything I use for good. What even was meant for evil, I turn for good. It's for good in your life. So I want to encourage you, says God, turn to me and let me show you. Let me show you how I see it, not how you see it. Because what you see as failure, I'm going to use for your success, says God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, my time is well and truly gone. Donna, do you want to finish, Peter? Anything you want to add? Yeah, it'd be great to finish with a song. If you've got one, Steve, that'd be great. just want to keep encouraging you. Let's not detract from what God has been speaking. Let's say, out of everything I've spoken, hear what God's saying to you.